When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It's the show that comes to you from a van down by the river. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Early in the second period, scoreless Senators and the Canadians. Red Wings and Blue Jackets in a 1-1 tie. Scoreless between the Flyers and the Penguins. No Crosby for the Penguins. He's on the COVID protocol list. Rangers up 2-1 on the Sabres. Lafreniere has his third of the season and no score. Islanders and Devils, all those games early in the second period. Hurricanes and Predators about to get underway, as are the Canucks and the Jets. The Canucks shut them out last night. Lightning and Stars will meet at 6.30. The Oilers back at it tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs, third of three in a row. Yes, you know what's happened so far. Two consecutive shutouts for the Leafs. Uh, Austin Matthews, a maybe for tomorrow. Freddie Anderson, a maybe for tomorrow. There will be no Alex Chason for your Edmonton Oilers. A five-minute major for cross-checking Jimmy VC at the buzzer last night. Also got a game misconduct. Now he has a one-game suspension. Here's how the NHL's Department of Player Safety summed it up. Monday night in Edmonton. Oilers forward Alex Chason was assessed a major penalty and a game misconduct for cross-checking Maple Leafs forward Jimmy Vesey. As the video shows, after the buzzer sounds to end the game, Chason and Vesey come together. Chason raises his stick, pulls it back, and delivers a sharp cross-check to the neck of Vesey. This is cross-checking. Cross-checking is a common penalty in the game and can usually be sufficiently penalized by the on-ice officials. What elevates this play to supplemental discipline is the fact that it is done after the game is over and for no legitimate hockey purpose. This is not a hockey play. This is a forceful, high cross-check delivered to an opponent after the game has ended. To summarize, this is cross-checking. Chason has been neither fined nor suspended previously in his 536-game NHL career. The Department of Player Safety has suspended Alex Chason for one game. All right, so there's the whole explanation from the NHL Department of Player Safety. I didn't see it live, but I saw the penalty show up on the game sheet, and we knew that something might be up. I later saw the video. Yeah, he cross-checked him. He cross-checked him up high. It's I mean, it's definitely a foul, and it's definitely made worse by the fact that it was at or even a little bit after the final buzzer had gone to end the game. I mean, the Oilers had the puck in their own end and were letting the clock run down. Some Leafs players were already coming onto the ice to celebrate. So I don't think any surprise there for Alex Chason, so he is unavailable tomorrow. You can let me know what you think about that or anything else that's on your mind, Oilers-related, or just stuff you might feel you want to talk to me about. 780-496-0063. That is the hot line the certain teed hotline certain teed professional grade building materials pro all the way same number to text 780-496-0063 kelly rudy's going to check in after the 630 news brent sutter is on the show tonight gm coach of the red deer rebels and those players 
Talk about rink rats. They are literally living in the rink in Red Deer to get through the pandemic. So Brent will tell us how that is going down and also let us know what's up with the Rebels here early in the Western Hockey League season. Great start for your Edmonton Oil Kings, of course. 7-1 and 7-2 victories over uh, Lethbridge on the weekend. Now, other news from the WHL, they have been granted approval, or the, the WHL has been granted approval by the BC Provincial Health Office to play in two hub centers located in Kamloops and Kelowna. They'll start Friday, March 26th. So there are five teams in the uh, BC division. So you're going to have... Kamloops, Prince George, and Vancouver play in Kamloops, and Kelowna and Victoria play in Kelowna. So uh, we'll see how this uh, breaks down once they put out a schedule. They're going to announce that at a later date, but this means all four divisions. I mean, they're altering the divisions uh, a, a little bit to to align here with uh, the health jurisdictions, but they're all good to go. So there will be a WHL season. We, you know, we don't know the full schedule. I was talking to Brad Lauer last night, and even the Oil King schedule is sort of every couple of weeks to every couple of weeks. Uh, they play Medicine Hat this weekend. He said then they're probably going to have a bye, and then they'll probably have a weekend where they play uh, three games in a row. So anyway, that, that's how that looks. So the WHL season, all the teams are going to play games and then we'll see how they line it up for the playoffs. That is the latest there. Okay. So uh, no chase on for the orders. I can tell you how they lined up at practice today. First of all, Dominic Cahoon was uh, not on the ice. We'll talk more about him in a second here. James Neal skated on a line With Connor McDavid and Jesse Pugliarvi. So where did Ryan Nugent Hopkins go? Well, he went where many of you want him to go and where I wanted him to go, especially earlier in the season when the Oilers were struggling. Clearly, I haven't been beating the drum as much as they've been winning most of their games until the last two. But the line was back together. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl, and Kyler Yamamoto, the team that the line that really sparked the team starting in the 2020 part of last season. Here's what they did after New Year's Day. Leon Dreisettle had 48 points in 29 games to take off onto the way to the Art Ross and on the way to the Hart. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had 37 points in 29 games. And Kyler Yamamoto was almost a point a game, 25 in 26. So those guys, it looks like they will be back together tomorrow, a line that we have wanted to see. Now, they, they weren't together the last game before the pandemic. That game against Winnipeg that the Oilers lost, they, they'd already split them up and they kept them part in the playoffs. And I think that was part of the plan to, to move the offense around a little bit. But they haven't scored. So Tip hopefully is going to it for tomorrow. Dave Tippett was not very talkative today. Uh, I asked him about Cahoon and reassembling that line. Well, first of all, Cahoon couldn't practice today. He was uh, unfit to practice today, so we'll leave that one at that. And then uh, the other one, when you get shut out a couple games in a row, you're, you know, it's all options are open. All options are open. I've been asked that a lot. What's it going to take for Tippett to put that line back together? Well, we have, it looks like we have our answer. Being shut out. Uh, twice in a row is is the answer. Uh, you know, not losing 5-1 and 3-1 to Montreal, not starting the season 3-6, and six, two shutouts in a row. 
appears to be the answer. So hopefully that is somewhat of a solution tomorrow against the Maple Leafs. I did think the Oilers played better last night. I thought they had more chances. They had three or four really good chances in the first six or seven minutes of the game, couldn't get the lead, and then the Leafs took over from there. It was not a great start from Koskinen, three goals on 10 shots, and We've seen it from Koskinen. Look, he he can play. He can have good games. His last couple of starts were good games, but he has too many nights, and I think this is his weakness, where you look at the goals and say, well, okay, I, I guess it was a good shot. Like, he just some nights he doesn't make enough difficult saves that bails out his team. And, and that was the case last night. Now, the Oilers didn't score, so you can't totally blame that on the goaltending, but... Man, maybe they get out of that period down one nothing. It certainly would have been a different game for Toronto because once they were up three nothing, they knew exactly what they wanted to do and how they wanted to shut it down. Anyway, Leon Drysettle, some comments on reuniting with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, we've had success last year. Um, we, we had a really good run. Um, I think we, we like playing with each other. Uh, we enjoy it. Um, we all bring different things to the table. And obviously, we're looking to kind of yeah reunite that chemistry. You know, we haven't played together in a while, so we're going to need a little bit of time to figure things uh, out again. But, you know, hopefully it'll it'll be quick and it'll it'll happen right away. All right. Well, they'll need for it to happen right away. I, I think those three players will remember how to play together, and, and I think that's going to help. I, I think with Jesse Pugliarvi, you found someone who's clicking with McDavid a, a little bit. James Neal was up there. It sounds like from what Tippett said today that Nip, uh, that uh, Neal will be available tomorrow. I, I, he, you heard him say that he wasn't giving any details on Cahoon. Neil's been up there before with mixed results, um, but it looks like he might get the next shot. A little bit more on the Oilers, more from you if you want to chime in on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. It is Inside Sports on 630 Jet. Both games kind of went exactly as they probably script them. Um, you know, I mean, I, as, as well as you, you script any game, you know, if you're them. I mean, getting up too early and two or three early and and, uh, and kind of just holding on to that. I mean, when you're playing up 2 nothing or 3 nothing, it's, uh, it's a pretty easy game you got to play. So, you know, I think focusing on our start, not to say that it's been an issue, but finding a way to, to limit their chances as well. Um, finding where to, to get the first one would obviously be be big for us but you know if not it's not the end of the world so games have kind of gone perfectly for them and and uh and and they've gotten uh, some bounces and, and they've played well and you know maybe we haven't been at our best but you know, we haven't gotten many bounces either so well not to make an excuse for ourselves obviously but give them a lot of credit they're playing well and and uh and it's a big one for us tomorrow night a little bit there from Connor mcdavid on the first two games of this series and the the maple leafs i mean they are absolutely in control of this division 17 4 and 2 already 783 points percentage now by points percentage winnipeg is second at 643 edmonton third at 583 and now really close with montreal at 575 then you get a little bit of a drop off there to the calgary flames at 478 and uh, we'll talk more about the flames later on tonight milan lucic with some pretty emotional and uh, blunt clips on uh, sportsnet 960 after the loss last night to the ottawa senators 
So, you know, watching those games, and, and I think, first of all, McDavid said it, the, the games pretty much went perfectly for the Leafs. And, and full marks to them for getting the lead. Uh, I, I mean, they they are a quick team. They are certainly playing with confidence, and, and I think you can see that. I mean, when they get the puck, they are going. They are going full throttle the other way. They aren't worried about turning the puck over. They weren't worried about having a pass intercepted or going offside, or if a goalie makes a great save, they are going and they are pushing it. So I do think there's a, a little bit of a mental aspect to, the, to this as well. But the, the, I mean, they got a good roster. There's a reason everybody picked them to, uh, well, most people, I, I didn't, though part of that was just to be cheeky be, between just the, the 14 of us. But uh, they, I mean, there's a reason they were widely picked to finish first in the, in the North division, despite some of their flaws. I mean, They've had questions about the goaltending, about the defense as well. I think their defense core is better than expected. It's interesting that Freddie Anderson seems to get uh, picked on a little bit in that market and by Leafs Nation. I still think he's a pretty good goaltender. I know he wasn't the goalie who shut out Edmonton these past two games. So they're good. And now in this division format, it, it it's a little more pronounced because if you are going to win the North division, you're going to have to beat the Leafs. I I suppose, unless you're, unless they get upset in the first round, which I mean, we'll see when we get there, but they, they clearly can push the pace and have, I mean, the jets have a a deep offense. I think, I I don't think they're as fast as the Maple Leafs. I, I don't know if they're quite as creative as the Maple Leafs. And that makes Toronto really, really deadly. So Look, I, I know they're the team many of you love to hate, but they're good. And for the Oilers now, the goal is simple. Can you get to that level with this roster? Or can you force the Leafs to play to a level where you can beat them? The Oilers were able to do it a couple of times earlier in the season. They weren't able to do it the last two games. I, I mean, the Oilers didn't, uh, didn't defend well enough in the Leafs defended very well. I mean, they, they're taking away McDavid. Rob Brown made a great point last night on the faceoff show, and I really watched for it in last night's game. When the Oilers got the puck and McDavid was on the ice, a Toronto player just skated towards McDavid. He didn't necessarily try to hinder him or match his speed, but just be a presence or, or get between McDavid and the puck carrier. So that that initial pass to McDavid doesn't get to him while he's in stride. Dave Tippett has said, we can execute better. We know what we have to do. So we'll see. There's the game of back and forth that happens in the National Hockey League. But that, I, I really watched for that after Rob said it last night. When McDavid is trying to wind up, uh, a Maple Leaf just sort of went into, a, you know, almost a bit of a, I don't even know if I would call it a man-to-man coverage. I mean, they were going to McDavid, but it might also be like a zone in a, in in football. You're getting to the same area of the ice as McDavid to discourage a pass, or if he gets the pass, at least you're on him right away, and he can't wind up. So I really noticed that, and I thought Toronto did a very good job in front of their own net in the in the slot area, the grade A area. Um, there were times, there were times, especially in the third period. Well, really in, in each period where the Oilers had some zone time, they had some forechecking and in the second period, they were able to draw a couple of penalties, but Toronto didn't give up a lot of clean chances. You know, Edmonton would get a puck. There's a, there's a man in the way. There's a stick in the way. The Oilers player is being harassed. And that's what impressed me most about Toronto, right? Because what, what was the knock on a lot of teams in this division, primarily Toronto and Edmonton, they can score, 
Can they defend? Can they do the dirty work in their own end? I think the Oilers have taken steps in that regard. I think we've seen them do it in in spots this year. They did it against Winnipeg. They've done it against Calgary. They did it in Vancouver. They did it earlier in the season against the Leafs. But the Leafs did that really well the last two games. So for the Oilers, finding a way to beat that is going to be a big start part of the story tomorrow. Connor McDavid uh, said, yeah, we got to avoid chasing the game. We can't fall behind all the time. I quite liked our start last night. I think, uh, you know, one-point shots were 7 nothing or something like that, and, and, and we had some some good looks, some real good looks. And, you know, because their goalie stood in there and made some big saves for them, and, um, you know, they make a couple of nice plays, and, and all of a sudden we're down two. When you're chasing a game, um, you know, it's easy to to look bad and, and look like, uh, you know, you're out of sorts, but, you know, guys are trying to... Uh, Sometimes too hard to uh, to do. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Do too much and, um, you know, forget to, to make things simple. Um, you know, that's what, what they've been doing. Well, and the start for Edmonton was not bad last night. I mean, I'm looking at my notes from last night's game. Just over a minute into the first period, Yamamoto forces a steal, gets it to dry settle, over to Cahoon for a grade-A shot, not able to score. McDavid, three and a half minutes into the game, rushed in uh, after, uh, you know, got a transition at the blue line after the Leafs couldn't clear it and got, got a shot away, couldn't score. Cahoon, backhand chance after being set up from Yamamoto. That was just before the five-minute mark of the game. So the Oilers, three excellent chances in the first five minutes, not able to score on any of them. And as McDavid said, shots were 7 nothing. And then Hyman finishes off the passing play with Riley and Mikheyev. First shot of the game goes in at 7-19. And what happened on that play? Dreisaitl's back-checking. Runs uh, runs over Bouchard's stick. Bouchard loses his stick, starts to go for it, then goes to goes to his man, and he's way too late. Hyman's able to tap in the pass from Riley. You know, talked to Rob about that one last night. He said, if you lose your stick, then you, you just got to play your man normally. You, you can't chase it around and let your man get open. So the Oilers, you know, claim they know what they have to do. They've had tough games earlier in the season. I, I do think that they're they're mentally equipped to handle this because they have bounced back from from tough times earlier this season do they have do they have the ability i mean do they have the depth to figure out what the leafs are doing because you know like i said toronto's quick toronto's confident and ultimately they do have more skill they all they are deeper up front than the oilers 7804960063 if you want to chime in kelly rudy's coming up we'll talk about the uh, you may have seen the video the the button popping off his suit last week <laughs> And he'll uh, give you a bit of a scouting report on Alex Stalock as well, who the Oilers have claimed off waivers. And it seems like all season long, every time we get into these situations where we're, you know, we... We dig ourselves back in and we cut the lead in half. We managed to shoot ourselves in the foot again by not managing the puck. 
you know, not managing the clock, not managing the puck, puck and, you know, you hear a lot of outside noise, talk about coaching and all this type of style of play and all this bullshit, but, you know, that has nothing to do with the coaches. That has everything to do with the guys that are playing and the guys on the ice. You know, they're the ones that have to manage the puck, even, you know, myself. You know, on the first goal, instead of trying to make the play to Benny, I got to get that in, and, you know, you know that's that's one of the examples. And, you know, it's, it's again, I just, like I said, it's it, we, we, we find a way to shoot ourselves, shoot ourselves in the foot time and time again, and uh, that's on us. That is unemotional Milan Lucic on Sportsnet 960 in Calgary last night after the loss to the Ottawa Senators. Lucic pretty blunt with his assessment there, and uh, he said it a couple times in the segment, which is about four and a half minutes long. That was about a minute chunk, saying this is not on the coach. I don't know why people are being the coach. The players have to play better. We have to go out there, have a little more fun, a little more passion doing our jobs, and we got to try to find it a way, uh, find a way to turn it around. It has not gone, gone well for Calgary. I mentioned, you know, a 478 points percentage. They are a point behind Cal- behind Montreal for fourth place in the north, but Montreal has three games in hand, so that's why it doesn't look good for uh, the Flames. I thought they'd be better, I mean, and and Markstrom has played pretty well for the most part. I know he missed a little bit of action, but we saw it in the two Battle of Alberta games uh, uh, about a week and a half ago, kind of kind of lifeless relative to what we usually expect between those two teams. So we'll see if the Flames can get it back on track. Speaking of the North Division tonight, we have the Canucks and Jets now in a 1-1 tie with five and a half minutes left in the first period. Appleton and Pedersen, the goal scorers. Pedersen now with 10 Canadians up 2-0 on the Senators late in the second period. Gallagher and Petrie with the goals in that game, both seventh of the year for those two guys. Hurricanes up 1-0 on the Predators late in the first. Second period in Columbus, Blue Jackets lead the Red Wings 3-1. Also in the second, Penguins up 3-1 on the Flyers. Rust has the most recent goal for the Penguins. Kapanen has scored twice. No Crosby for the Penguins. He's on the COVID protocol list. After two, Rangers lead the Sabres 3-2 and late in the second period. Still looking for the first goal between the Islanders and the Devils. Oilers and Leafs will play at 6 o'clock tomorrow at Rogers Place. Uh, three different start times for the three games in the series. So our face-off show on 6.30, Jed, will commence at 4.30 in the afternoon. Got a text here, 780-496-0063 from Brendan. He says, hey, Reed, did you see Travis Dermott getting fighting lessons from Bogosian at today's Leafs practice? That's so when Archibald tunes him in tomorrow, he doesn't have to resort to a takedown. Yes, uh, I did see that uh, video put online of uh, apparently Travis Dermott getting fighting lessons from Bogosian. I think another teammate was involved as well. Uh, and I did see, now, I, I don't know if some of this was uh, just uh, – Jed uh, being a little uh, cheeky or or what, but you got to remember. I mean, we've had Jed Roberts on the show several times, a longtime member of the Double E football team, who is always fun when we have him on. And you you probably know the story. Jed Jed Roberts, um, you know, has uh, doesn't hear very well, uh, so he needs hearing aids. And he's talked about playing football where you know he was a lot of times deaf to a lot of the noises sometimes couldn't hear the whistle couldn't rely on hearing audibles from teammates and all that kind of stuff and uh i saw jed post on social media early today and so this this is why i gave you that context because he wrote take this from an expert lip reader 
And of all the people I know personally, I, I, I would say Jed Roberts is probably the best uh, lip reader I know. And uh, he said that Archibald said to the bench, first blanking shift. Now, you know what he said instead of blanking. There are obviously words I can't say on the radio. And we saw Archibald skating by the Leafs bench after the incident with Dermot. And Dermot was kind of mockingly uh, clapping at Archibald as they were escorted off the ice. But according to Jed Roberts, who is a self-proclaimed world-class lip reader, though I would tend to agree, Archibald said first beeping shift to the Leafs bench as he skated off at the end of the game. So maybe something is somewhat arranged for uh, the rematch tomorrow night. Another storyline to keep an eye on. Okay. He joins us once a week here on the show presented by Sentinel storage shop, Canadian store, Canadian try four weeks free visit sentinelstorage.ca. It is former NHL goaltender. Now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers, Kelly Rudy, Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Reading yourself. Well, I'm doing well. Do I call you the button man from now on or what? <laughs> oh my gosh, did we have fun with that? And uh, I got to tell you, it was it was interesting how it all unfolded. So there's a backstory there. I don't know how much of the, the actual on-camera hit that you watched, but what happened was we Rick and I were waiting about 20 or 30 seconds before we we're going to go on our on our hit and uh my button flew off and and we started laughing but like i said we're still 20 or 30 seconds away from doing our hit and and i couldn't stop laughing like i just found it to be really really funny now so we go on camera and and i'm really laughing and rick is rick's getting it together a little bit better than i am and he said you okay or something i just kept laughing i, I and i tried to i don't know make something up and i tried to somehow make a serious comment but i couldn't and the problem was reed the flames are down after two periods 4-1 to ottawa at that point uh having perhaps their worst game of the season and so our producer made the right choice um to to go and show what happened otherwise all of us agreed after we were talking that it would have looked kind of like we were laughing at the organization or the game that night or laughing at the players or, you know, and that certainly would never be our intent as the Flames broadcasters, you would never uh, do something so silly. And so he chose our producer, Scott Lennox chose to run it. And then it, we just had so much fun with it. And I just kept laughing and laughing and laughing. It reminded me so much of a, episode or a situation we had the first year the Vegas Golden Knights came into the league and I don't think I've shared this with you Reed but about two minutes into the first period I of course know what they're called right but I I got, called them the Vegas Golden Nuts and then I just started laughing and laughing and laughing and for virtually the entire first period I had to push my cough button so that nobody could hear me laugh back home and so that the production truck wouldn't be annoyed with me just laughing if i just pushed my talk back button down and so i was in in no position of to comment i, I laughed the entire first period away 
finally I got it together in the first intermission and Rick and I were able to have to do the show again. But, you know, certain situations like that, you just have to laugh at yourself, right? Because you do some of the silliest things and it's all on camera and, and all that. And uh, it was kind of fun, the reaction people had. And it was uh, just an interesting day. And I'm sure I'll have more situations similar to that or some other situation where I'll have to laugh at myself again. Well, you got to laugh. You got to laugh for sure. No, yeah, what I saw, I mean, I think the first, well, the video I saw was without audio, right? Because, okay. uh, you know, we, I was working at the time, I think. So I just sort of saw it and realized what had happened and was like, oh, yeah. well, you got, yeah, you got to laugh with something like that. I mean, oh, yeah. Like, no it, I get the button coming off is somewhat funny, but it's the funny part was to me just how I couldn't stop laughing. Right. That's where, if you see the whole clip, that's where I think it's just, it makes perfect sense um, that we had to show it. Because the producer, he didn't have to show it, right? That was 20 or 30 seconds before. But under the circumstances, like I said, it would have looked as though I was kind of making fun of the organization, which, of course, would never be our intent. All right. Well, thanks for taking us through that. Kelly Rooney, <laughs> check it in tonight on Inside Sports. Hey, uh, the Oilers have claimed Alex Stalock off waivers. He's driving from Minnesota. Then once he gets here, he'll have to quarantine. Hasn't played this year. Had uh, a problem with myocarditis, which is the same thing uh, Mark Letestu had while with the Jets that kind of uh, was, I think, uh, a signal that his career was was winding down. But tell us what you know about uh, your thoughts on Stalock. He, he was pretty significant for the Wild last year. He certainly was. In fact, he had taken over the duties from Devin Dubnik. Dubnik, had, as you know, had struggled with some personal issues. His wife was sick and so on. It was a tough stretch for uh, Devin, but uh, Stalock is a competitor. I like him. Uh, I've liked his uh, career. He's, he's a battler, right? I think if you go back to, uh, I could have the year wrong, uh, Reed, but 2012, he was in the minors and he suffered a, a major injury. I think it was a skate cut. Uh, to the back of the knee and uh, it looked as though his career would be over it, like it was seriously in jeopardy but uh, the Sharks stuck with him uh, he rehabbed incredibly hard he fought his way back uh, not only to play into the minors but to, to work his way up to the National Hockey League so it's a really inspiring story and uh, and I've talked to him a couple times uh, first one he was with the Sharks and then uh, I believe in Minnesota, but, uh, he is, uh, he's a real, real easy guy to cheer for. So, uh, I don't know if in fact he'll get some game time action, but, but he's an easy guy to like, I, I know that. Well, that's, that's a really good point. You mentioned, will he get any game time? Rob and I were talking about him on the, on overtime open line last night because, you know, Koskinen. Yeah didn't didn't play the entire game smith came yeah. in and did well there there are still questions about the Oilers' goaltending even though smith has been good but you're sitting there even you know even so stalock's gonna drive here a couple weeks yeah. of quarantine he's certainly yeah. gonna need several practices yeah. before he could play the game and then is it fair to say like okay you're the you're the new number two you get to play every third game i mean it's i'm still not really sure how he's gonna gonna fit in because he hasn't played a game for so long well, and I think that you'll have that answer in, what do you think, three or four weeks by the time he can finally uh, be at uh, or near the top of his game. And then you can finally, you can see where Koskinen is at. Uh, and then you'll have, they'll, the, the team will have to make that decision. But I do know um, most teams 
have given that a lot of thought because, you know, you don't want to be like the uh, Denver uh, Broncos where they had no quarterback for a game or two games, something like that. So you've got to certainly make sure you have a lot of depth in that position. And uh, I, I do think it's a really good move. Uh, like I said, I, I don't know how well he's going to play in three weeks or it might need more. Maybe it's a month from now that, that you'll finally have an answer to that question. Kelly, as much as we can talk about the Oilers goaltending, bottom line is they, they didn't score the last two games. So for them to win those games, they would have had to got shutouts and, and won, won in, in shootouts. So they can't, you can't really blame the goaltending too much. Um, you know, when it, when a team is going through that, I assume even as a goaltender, you would have felt it if the offensive guys are, uh, are, are struggling or, or can't get anything uh, past the guy uh, yeah. at the other end. Though I do think from an Oilers standpoint, they had more chances last night than they did in Saturday's game. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. I thought Saturday, uh, give Toronto credit. Like, I really thought Saturday that might have been Toronto's best uh, defensive effort. And they seemed as though they're really, really committed to uh, that process. And uh, uh, so I really think this Toronto team is really committed to being a better defensive team. Having said that, you know, here in no time, the Oilers are going to break out of that little funk. That that team can score, and they have two of the best. Uh, and Nugent Hopkins, I think, is having a really good season. And uh, uh, you know, I just think here's here's my kind of thing about it. When I was on my teams, and I knew my guys were in a little bit of a funk, but I didn't really want to talk about it, and I didn't want to uh, make mention of it because I didn't want it to become a thing. But what I would typically do in practice, if if the guy didn't shoot quite as hard on me as he needed to, or or I'd tell him, you know, listen, just for me, you need to bear down here. I wouldn't make it on him. I'd make it on me. Like, you're not doing me any favors if you're not trying to score every single time on me. Like, you've got to bear down because it's going to help me. And, and, you know, in a kind of, funny way you're kind of trying to trick them and some guys some guys of course know what's going on other guys might not really get it but uh inevitably it kind of works for both both of us that we're we're helping each other but it is a sensitive topic at times you know you can talk about it all you want but some guys uh it, they take it very personally and uh some guys don't handle it very well but the other thing is i did notice you know, you know, yesterday I thought they went to the net a little bit harder, but I, I still think there are times where you've got to really concentrate on that. And lastly, um, I thought that there are a couple situations where uh, you, you need to elevate the puck more often. That's that's the one thing I am just uh, – that's my number one thing about goal scoring in the National Hockey League for about four or five years now. If you're in tight and you don't elevate, you – most often won't ever score. And so in those situations, you got to make sure uh, that you elevate. I know Glenn Gullickson was the first guy that ever mentioned it to me. And I, I can't remember, we might've been on a plane somewhere and, and the team was uh, in a shootout. And I asked him like, what do you tell the guys? Or anything? he goes, I don't, I don't care what the guy, what moves the guys make. They can do anything they want. The only thing I tell them, you have to elevate in this league. If you don't elevate, uh, you, you just most likely won't score. And I, I've always kept that and it. It always, uh, every game I watch, you look, most goals are that way. If they're, if they're not deflected along the way or something, they're, they're usually elevated because the goalies are so good at taking away the lower part of the net.
Yeah, that, that's that's a really good thing to watch for for sure. And some of the Oilers' chances they've had the last two games, you're right, they couldn't quite get it over a, a pad or an outstretched, uh, outstretched arm or something like that. Yeah. Hey, before I let you go, we, we should touch on the Calgary Flames. Um, you know, Lucic was pretty uh, vocal last night uh, talking on, uh, on 960 in Calgary. Uh, and really defended the coach and said, I, you know, I'm, "I'm sick of people talking about the coach. The the, the players, uh, the players got to do it here." But you, look, we 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 talked about this leading up. To this you and me, me and Rob Brown. Yeah. Like, okay, you can say the Flames' record is their record, but they got games against Ottawa on the bank, and most teams have taken advantage of Ottawa. But now Calgary's not right. taking advantage of Ottawa, and, and you know, I think it's there's there's a lot of weight on that team right now. There certainly is. And uh, what I took away from Lucic last night, it was that he was saying that they just want it a little too easy. You know, they, in my opinion, they want it uh, handed to them. Like they really beat up uh, Ottawa badly Saturday afternoon. And then they weren't prepared to play the same way last night. They just, they were hoping there was going to be an easy game. And there are no easy games. It doesn't matter if you're in the pandemic or before the pandemic, there were no easy games. And so you, you have to make sure that you pre- prepare properly. And I, quite frankly, I, I still don't know what to make of the flames. I cover them on almost a daily basis. And, and I'm sure I'm still not sure what's going to happen when I go to the rink, whether I call it a live game or off a monitor, I'm, I'm unsure what I'm going to see that night. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you for sure. Kelly, this segment was definitely on the button, and you can be a golden <laughs> nut on this time on this show anytime. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Talk next week. Right on. That's Kelly Rudy checking in, courtesy of Sentinel Storage. If you haven't seen the button video, look it up. It's it's pretty funny. And Kelly certainly can uh, laugh at himself when something like that happens. Interesting, I thought of what he's saying that you gotta elevate the puck, especially when you're in tight if you want to score goals in the NHL. It is 651. You can get in touch. 780-496-0063. Inside sports on Chad. face-off show tomorrow game will start at six Oilers and Maple Leafs the Oilers will try to score and then go from there 780-496-0063 this texter says I can't stop laughing at Kelly's button and Vegas stories love it Thanks for that. The Big L says, Reed, I love Kelly Rudy. He's a pro through and through. So when I witnessed Buttongate, I was certain he's aware that Baba's in Saskatoon is the only pierogi drive through in the country and confirmation that he's trying to break John Shannon's cabbage roll eating record there. He's a foodie hero. I'll have to try to remember to ask John Shannon about that. EA says, hey, Reed, with the amount of games the Jets have in hand on the Oilers, could we be realistically be talking about third place instead of second place? Yes. And that's why I, I usually give the standings in terms of points percentage instead of just points. Cause I do consider the Oilers being in third place, even though they have the second most points. Now EA, one thing to remember here is that the jets and Maple Leafs still play each other nine times. So there are going to be nights where they can't both get two points. And uh, you know, if the jets, 
are able to beat the uh, or if the Leafs are able to beat the Jets more often than not like they have been with Edmonton that could be something that opens the door for the Oilers to get second place the Red Deer Rebels they are rink rats they're living at the rink literally we'll explain next 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad